A car should never be a home. A street should never be a home. Helping Up Mission in Baltimore has long-term solutions to this crisis. To give a hand up to someone in need, go to helpingupmission.org. A Brighter Media Group original. I had this message that I put together. I had five minutes in the class to deliver it. And, and I, uh, when I finished up, the professor came up and said, don't ever bring a message that, that you got from the Internet into class again. And I said, I didn't get it from the internet. I wrote it. He was like, there's no way you wrote that. Go sit down. <gasps> and I was, <laughs> you know, oh. embarrassed, obviously, in front of all of my peers. And then, you know, when you sit with negativity like that, you start to believe lies like, well, even if it is good, no one would believe that it came from me. Ugh, my heart just sank when he said that. Hey, this is Tracy, and you're listening to Your Day Brighter, the podcast, Real Reasons to Have Hope in This World. That is the voice of Taryn Wells. And that experience that he was describing happened to him in Bible college. Those hurtful words from someone in authority in Taryn's life that he respected almost shut him down, keeping him from speaking up for a really long time. Words matter. And if that's ever happened to you, you are going to be so encouraged by this conversation with singer, songwriter, and I'm going to say it, preacher, Taryn Wells. And I'm so glad that you're here. Thank you for listening. I want to thank our sponsors, Helping Up Mission in Baltimore. And let's just get to it. Taryn Wells on Your Day Brighter. Congratulations on your new home. It's it's an amazing place, amazing blessing. We moved in here about a year ago, actually, in September. So we okay. loved it. We we have four little boys, you know, so we were on the hunt for a house with a pool after the pandemic happened and we were inside for a year. <laughs> we landed here. Congratulations. It looks just just beautiful. And thank you. Is that is it in Houston? Houston, yes, ma'am. Your wife, Lorna, and your four little boys, how do they like the new the new digs? Do they oh, like it? They love it. Yes. My wife loves it. Of course, she's on a mission to redo everything. So the house <laughs> is 20 years old and it's a craftsman style house. Uh, so she's trying to get it her vibe. Uh, the boys love it. They're in the pool every day. Literally <laughs> every day they're in the pool. Oh, of course they are. So, it's, it's hot in Houston, right? It's so hot. Yes. It's still hot. Hopefully yeah. we'll, we'll get a fall this year, but it usually just goes from summer to winter. If you want to get a nice fall, come and visit us in Maryland. That's like the most beautiful season here. It is beautiful there. Yeah. I've been in Baltimore a few times and in Maryland in general, played a few shows and I love it. Well, thank you. That's so nice of you to say. Well, yeah. I, I'm so delighted to talk to you, Torin. Um, we've we've spoken before. Um, it's been a, a number of years since I talked to you. I think you might have been in Royal Taylor when I talked to you. It's like how long Probably. ago? Probably. Yeah. Yes. I'm really excited to see all of the great things that that God is doing in your life and how um, not just your career taking off, but it just seems like the the platform that God has given you to to reach more and more people to share his word. And you you're a preacher. I mean, I've been seeing <laughs> clips of you just and it just pours out of you. Is, is that a, a new thing that's been happening in your in your life lately? Or has that always been there and now you have a chance to share it more? 
I think it's always been there. I just went through a a season of uncertainty in myself, you know, insecurity and just hmm. trying to figure out if I really had something to say and if I was worth listening to. And wow. so I actually preached for the first time when I was 16 in my church in Battle Creek, Michigan, a small church that would allow me to actually <laughs> preach. And my youth pastor helped me with my message and showed me how to stand on stage and how to move and communicate and, and all of that. So I feel like God was definitely preparing me for it. But I went to Bible college to learn more about the word, more about communicating to people. And in one of the classes that I had, it was a preaching class. And, you know, I had been working with my youth pastor through high school, you know, sophomore, junior, senior year, really trying to develop and hone the, the gift. And it, it was rough. So it needed a lot of work, but we had put a lot of time in. So I always put together a PowerPoint presentation for my talks. I had graphics, you know. Wow. Uh, I had title slides and I had this message that I put together. I had five minutes in the class to deliver it and deliver the message. And I, uh, when I finished up, the professor came up and said, don't ever bring a message that, that you got from the internet into class again. And I said, I didn't get it from the internet. I wrote it. He was like, there's no way you wrote that. Go sit down. <gasps> and I was, <laughs> you know, oh embarrassed obviously in front of all of my peers and then you know when you sit with negativity like that you you start to believe lies like well even if it is good no one would believe that it came from me wow. uh you know perhaps i'm not worth listening to or there's a credibility that i lack or there's a pedigree that i lack or whatever it is you know and you can never really come to understand why people say some of the things that they say. But after that, I spoke very few times. I would only speak if I had to. And even in Royal Taylor, you know, I had to speak. I was the lead singer. But when we put our shows together, I would just put the songs as close together as possible so I wouldn't have to talk. Really? <laughs> in between. Wow. Yeah. So I was in my 20s and I was just married. I was probably 25 or 26 and I was meeting with a mentor that my wife and I went to counseling for premarital counseling and then into our marriage. And that story just came out of nowhere. I hadn't even thought about it for a long time. And he said, you don't have to worry about those negative voices. They're just there to buff your shine. And if there's something that God's put in your heart, you need to communicate it. And he said, I'm not calling you to preach, but I believe God already has. And so from that wow. point, I just made the decision to step over my fear and and communicate when I had the opportunity. So that's what I'm I'm not chasing it. Uh, it's terrifying, you know, opening up the word and and sharing. But I I love the power of it and the transformative power of the gospel being preached. Amen. Amen. And the music, the, the messages of your music are gospel centered. I mean, they preach, they preach as well. You know, you yeah. have something to say, 
you yeah. sing it and you speak it. I'm so stunned by how that marked you in your life. I, a lot of people can relate to that, that a person in a position of authority, when you were tender and coming up, mm-hmm. you know, spoke something, I'm sure not intentionally to crush you, but my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I think about how that Which, marked you for so many years. Yes. And that's, I think, why I often talk about how words matter. And yeah. a lot of times we can kind of flippantly say something and we go on with our day and our weeks and our lives and we don't ever even think about something that we said. And maybe it wasn't meant to be as hurtful, but you know, something small, it just takes a little fly in the ointment to ruin what what's there is what the scripture says. So, you know, I think we have to be very careful with our words that we always go above and beyond to communicate with encouragement, uh, yeah. to speak to people in a positive way. I'm, I'm teaching my boys that criticism and the ability to receive it is a superpower. That if you can take the, the critics' comments, and whether it's constructive or vice versa, you can do something with it and to not let it have the impact that that voice had in my life. So hopefully wow. they're they're soaking that up. And I hope people out there can kind of get to that understanding too. If I can learn how to receive and filter feedback, it becomes a superpower. It allows me to grow and become. And the things that people usually point to as the deficits in our lives are probably the greatest places of purpose that God wants us to step into. And the, the enemy's using those negative voices to try to keep us out. See, now right there, that is a powerful statement that you just made, that oftentimes the, the greatest platform that that, you, that God wants to use you on is, is right in that point of pain that other people... Are, other people are trying to keep you quiet. I mean, it's really the enemy that's trying to keep you quiet because he doesn't yes. want people to know with social media being such a thing in our culture today, how do you balance the input that's coming at you all the time? You know, we, we, I mean, we <laughs> yeah. could go online and get input and feedback from everybody yes. all day long. How do you balance that? How do you know what is something to listen to and what is something you need to just let go of? Yes. Well, I love the block feature. On social media. (laughs) (laughs) All over the block. Yes. (laughs) Yes, sir. Oh, I do not mind blocking people at all. (laughs) I just think it's if social media is an extension of my life, then it's just like a room in my house. And if I don't like how you're acting or how you're talking, you are invited out. (laughs) Yes. Yes. There's the door. (laughs) Yes. That's how I feel about social media. I try to not engage too much. There will be instances where I feel like someone has a sincere question, a genuine concern, a true misconception, and I'll speak to those sometimes. But if it's someone just spewing negative energy, I just block them. I think it is important that we don't allow praise or criticism to uh, weigh too heavily into how we feel about ourselves or what God has called us to do. Because if we're not careful, we will move in the direction 
that we're most applauded for. And it may not necessarily be the greatest place of influence that God has for us. Just because something is celebrated that I do, said, have done, a place I've been, if it's the photo of me a little more immodest, a little braggadocious, whatever it is that gets the most likes, the most admiration, the most traction, doesn't necessarily mean it's most aligned with who God has called me to be and what he's called me to do. So I try to take the praise of people like I appreciate the support and I genuinely do. But just because you respond to me singing Brian McKnight doesn't mean I'm going to go make a R&B record. <laughs> you know, we can't move in the direction of people's praise. We have to move in the direction of our purpose. I also think we can't just move against criticism. We cannot build our lives on a negative. It's not like swimming. You know, so many competitive swimmers, they go down and they push against the wall to propel themselves. I don't think it works like that in life. There can be negative spaces that God uses to get us moving in a certain direction, of course. But I think we have to build on the positives, the things that God is doing in our hearts and the things that God is speaking toward us. A lot of people know what they're not and they work against being something that they're not. But few people actually know who they are. And we have to move in the direction of who we are, not just what we're not. And sometimes you can get into this cycle. I've done this of proving to people I'm not that. I'm not that. So I feel like I have to say these things or I have to post these things, do these things just to prove to people I'm not in that camp. I don't align with that belief system, but that doesn't really allow me to be free to be who God has called me to be. So it is it is so important when God's entrusted you with a, a stage and a microphone and the opportunity to influence people to to guard your heart. You're, yes. you're, you're absolutely right. Otherwise, you're just going to be chasing the approval of people your whole life long. And we can get so sucked into it, Taryn. My gosh, I'm like, I'm still amazed sometimes at how immature I can be and how the enemy can just, <laughs> well, yeah, I'm like, are you Aim kidding? into that. Yes. Am I really like looking at likes on a post? Am I really doing that? Lord, please forgive me. Yes. That's not my purpose. That is not what right. my life is about. Absolutely. Oh. And you can't. <laughs> You can't beat the algorithm. Your purpose is bigger than the al the algorithm. Oh, oh my gosh! Your purpose is bigger than the algorithm. That sounds like a new a new hit song by Tony. Yes, put it on a uh, t shirt. I'm here for it. So fake it is uh, you know a lot of the the lyric content and the message behind the song fake it yeah. is kind of what we're talking about. That desire to be authentic and to not have to prove yourself and to not yeah. have to try to be something that you're not what what has been the the biggest challenge in your life that has kept you from being able to be authentic authentically you and not like other people's expectations or what they want you to be i think the biggest challenge for me is wanting to be admired <laughs> which sounds noble at the surface level but what are you willing to trade in for people's admiration? Ooh. And if you have to oh. sacrifice 
vulnerability and authenticity for admiration, then you're laying yourself down uh, unnecessarily. And in a way that, you know, it's a false admiration. If people are celebrating who you pretend to be, how celebrated are you? <laughs> and it's easy, you know, when you're uh, in a public space where in our celebrity culture that just loves to elevate people, right? which I understand I do the same thing. There are people who I admire because of things that they do or a perception I have of them. But I've really learned, really through my relationship with my wife, I have seen the goodness of God. If I'm willing to be more vulnerable, I put myself in a position to be more loved. And mm -hmm. not just loved for what I'm capable of, but love for who I actually am. And mm -hmm. that is a truly liberating place. It's a healthy place. Um, and it's a safe place. And, you know, thank God for this woman in my life who knew how to met me, meet me in my weaknesses and my struggles without judgment or condemnation. But mm -hmm. to say, I'm here with you, I'm fighting for you. And uh, now, you know, we get to use our lives and our story as a testimony to other couples and people on how to kind of take off the facade and the veneer and not only let God love you, but let the people around you really love you. And it's a wow. it's a beautiful place to be. And you and Lorna have been married now for like almost 12 years. Almost 12 years. Wow. 12 yeah. years and four boys. And four boys to prove it. Yes. God bless her. Four, <laughs> yes. four boys. And you've talked about this. You've talked about how the two of you um, have fought for your marriage, that it was worth fighting for, that you needed to, to, to work through some things. Because you guys have been through some stuff and because your family is growing how would you advise a, a couple right now that's um, that's on the edge? Um, what would be your nugget of wisdom for them? I would just say anything that can be talked about can be managed. So if you're willing to have a conversation, there's a great opportunity for a miracle. Hmm. But if we're not willing to sit down and actually look at ourselves in the mirror, first. Yeah. Instead of trying to look at each other and pick each other apart and you didn't do this and you said that and, you know, all of kind of the petty things that are indicators of deeper issues beneath the surface uh, that need to be evaluated in our individual hearts. And that's what has been such a gift to Lorna and I is from the before our marriage, we were in counseling and we wanted to make sure that we went into our marriage the right way. And then of course, just like, you know, you don't go to the doctor once in your life. You don't just go to the doctor when you're born or when you have a baby, you, you keep coming back. And as you grow and mature, there may be seasons where you don't need to go as much and you're healthy and you found rhythms and all of that. But for the most part, we all need to be checking in. And I feel like that's what counseling is. So yeah. even recently, going into our 12th year of marriage, we're in counseling 
because like I said before, words matter. Communication is important. So learning how to speak to each other in the right way, mm. to speak in a way that the other person feels respected and to listen in a way that the other person feels respected and heard is so important. These are all little insights that we're getting from monthly counseling. How are things going? What's happening in your heart? You know, how are we tracking with this? And just keeping that conversation flowing, there's really nothing that I believe God cannot help us overcome. Mm -hmm. And we just have to be willing to talk about it and own it and accept responsibility for words and actions, behaviors, rhythms, thoughts, you know? Hey, this is Tracy, and I'm going to jump in for a moment. I want to tell you about some very special people that are doing great work in the city of Baltimore. It's Helping Up Mission. So proud to have their sponsorship for the podcast, Your Day Brighter. Now, if you know people that are going through loss or addiction, any kind of an overwhelming challenge, asking for help, that's oftentimes the toughest part of it, right? Well, sadly, many individuals in the greater Baltimore area, they do need our help right now. And it's no secret our nation's drug problem is especially bad right here. It's estimated that one in nine people in Baltimore are experiencing addiction, as many as 50,000 souls that matter to God. People call this a drug crisis, but it's really a crisis of despair. People are hurting and they're using drugs to numb the pain. And the consequences are devastating. People living in their cars or even on the cold and violent streets. But a car should never be a home and a street should never be a home. Helping Up Mission in Baltimore is asking you to support their long-term solutions to this crisis through their wonderful recovery program. People receive meals, shelter, counseling, job training, helping people to heal and begin again. It's a great work. To give a hand up to someone in need, go to helpingupmission.org. That's helpingupmission.org. So, Taryn, you mentioned that even in, in navigating issues in your own life and marriage, that counseling has been a really big help for you. This is something you really believe in. If people could find a trusted counselor to openly communicate with that scripture that says the uh, the cord with three strands isn't easily broken. Yeah. Obviously, we know that third strand is is the Holy Spirit. It's God. But I think God works through people and that third strand can be a trusted pastoral voice. So. Yes. Amen. Beautifully said. Thank you so much for that. If, if this is too personal, please um, just let me know. I, I, I wondered about like how you cultivate that relationship with the Lord, that you can hear him counsel you. Like, how would you describe your relationship with him? Yeah. And what have you learned of him, about him? in your oh, life man. recently. <laughs> it's always it's always something new, right? Oh yes, and it's so much. It's like trying to drink out of a fire hose, <laughs> but I think God speaks most clearly through his word. Yeah. You don't ever have to second guess it or question it. You don't have to wait for someone, you know, that's credentialed with the ministry to confirm it. You know, God speaks best for himself to people 
through his word. And a yes. lot of times we scan through Instagram and we scan through Twitter and Facebook trying to find a sermon clip or a Bible verse. We don't necessarily have to look for all of that when, when we just have the scripture. And it's amazing how when you're consistent and in a habitual place of just reading scripture, how God will give you what you need for that day, for that yeah. season. I think sometimes we gravitate toward complexity because it's easy to be complex and yet do nothing. The more complicated it is, the more I have to think about it and counsel with people about it and, you know, investigate it. It's, it's really simple when you just read a proverb in the morning mm. and it just speaks to you. It gives you, it's like, I didn't know I was going to need this today, but the Lord knows exactly what we need when we need it. When the people of Israel were gathering provision, they had to go out every day and get the manna. That's right. So it's just, and they didn't have to get a ton. In right. fact, when they tried to get too much, it was all ruined. So you just go get what you need for the day. I think there's so much religious pressure. I got to read a chapter. I got to read a book. I got to. It's just when you look at your life over 90 years and you just read a verse every day for 90 years, you know how many verses you would have consumed <laughs> in your life? It would, you would have taken in the scripture multiple times just because you, you read a verse and you sat with the verse. And that's kind of where I've been. I've been in Ephesians and I've been stuck. People would probably judge me, but. I've been stuck in the first three chapters of Ephesians, just like chapter one is wild. Yes. Just all of the, the spiritual promises and blessings that come through relationship with Jesus. The fact that he chose us to be the focal point of his love. Like I'll read it in the NIV. I'll read it in the KJV. I'll read it in the message. I'll read it in the English standard version. I just want to see all the different ways that people have looked at this verse. And I come down to the Lord chose us to be the focal point of his love. It's just unbelievable to me. And then everything that that love entails. So that's something that God is working with me in my heart, especially with my ambitious, goal-oriented, admiration-driven personality it's it feels more admirable to say or admirable to say i read through the entire bible this year okay <laughs> share a verse with me well you know yeah the whole, the whole word's good like but you retained nothing but you get to tell people yeah i read through it and it, wow. it's good and i've done it but i can tell you this season has been way more productive just taking the religious pressure off and sitting with a verse and letting it just go over and over in my heart. That is beautiful, Torin. I love that so much. I, I feel like God um, spoke to me about reading just the Bible alone for 30 yeah. days. I have a book thing. I, I love to read. Yes. And every day my husband's like, oh, look, another book delivered, you know? Yes. And I'm like reading like, 
eight books at the same time. And I, and it almost become like an idol just consuming. Mm -hmm. Let me get more. Let me get more. And the Lord was just like speaking to my heart. What you need is just my word. You don't need yep. anything else. Just, just read my word for 30 days and just it's see if so you want good. a better steadier diet than all the other stuff. Right. Yes, it's true. I did the same thing in 2019 because I felt the same way. Is that and, right? Yeah. And I was reading, you know, it was leadership books and church right. books and right. you know, all of that. And then it's like, well, I'm reading all these. I'll I'll get to the Bible. So I kind of did the same thing as you. I made a pivot and I was like, I'm just going to read the Bible. And it's funny. A lot of people <laughs> say basically all leadership books say the same thing. All self-help books say the same thing. Uh, but there's something about the word. It, it's literally new every time you read it hmm. so I, I i salute you for, <laughs> thank for doing you. that yeah it's it's an awesome thing thank you for the encouragement that that means a lot um can you tell me about something that you, you mentioned that other part of your personality that sort of ambitious mm -hmm. sort of goal driven because <laughs> you're, you're doing so much i mean you're you're on tour you've got a new record out um, you're, you're everywhere doing what God has called you to do. I love your energy. I, I, you know, I just pray God, just keep, keep you, you know, healthy and energized and focused on him. What are some of the things that you're praying for right now in this season of so much activity? What are you asking God to give you right now? Well, one thing is focus. I'm, I'm asking God to give me focus. I don't necessarily need clarity. I feel like sometimes clarity works in opposition to faith. If we saw, <laughs> wow, we really need we wouldn't need much faith if it was all laid out. So that's so good what you to, just said. That's so good. You said sometimes clarity works in opposition to faith. But how often do we pray, God, just give me clarity, give me clarity, give me clarity? Wow, that's such a thought. I see, like you said, we got to take a verse and just kind of sit on it. I know that, <laughs> I know that wasn't a verse, but it was a truth. Yes. That's speaking to somebody right now. That's yeah. speaking to somebody that's just been asking God for clarity. What if he doesn't, what if he just wants you to have faith in the cloud? Yeah. Just take the next step. You know, it's not always going to all be clear. You're not going to have a five-year plan all the time. Trust me. I am a Michael Hyatt full focus planner, you know, <laughs> three big goals, distill them down to deliberate action type of person. Wow. And I am trying to undo some of that. Honestly, I still love my full focus planner, but <laughs> I, I'm trying to undo some of it because wherever there is a lot of knowledge, a lot of faith is generally not required. So yeah. I'm trying to, God, what do you want me to do today? Who do you want me to speak to? I don't want to overschedule my life. I don't want to overprogram it. I don't want to overplan it because the truth is, if we try to overplan our lives, we will underplan them because God has better plans. He has better ideas. He has better thoughts. And I'm the type of person that can schedule God right out of my day while I'm trying to do all these things for him. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. So you got to leave him some of that white space in your calendar, right? The margin. Like, margin. Yes. God does the miracles in the margin, my friend Nick Nielsen says. And he'll do more in those empty spaces, in the spaces that we fill a lot of times. Even looking at the life of Jesus, 
He was always deliberately on his way to do something, but the miracles always happened on the way. He was right. on his way to heal Jarius' daughter. And the story we talk about all the time is the woman with the medical issue. Right. You know, he was on his way to all of these places and God did something. So I just want to pay attention to that and not rush through it. Um, so, I, so when you're asking me what I'm praying for, it's focus and patience <laughs> because I want, I, want, I want to do it now, Lord, Let's do it. Why wait? And I'm, I'm praying for resources. I have big goals and big dreams and big vision, and I want to make my life count for God. And it takes resources that are beyond my ability. And I want to do it in a way that I can love my family and honor my wife and bring them along as much as possible. And, you know, there's a lot of obstacles to that in what we do. Uh, so I'm yeah. just always, God put me on somebody's mind, you know, to pray for, to reach out to, to bless, because I want to be that channel that God can flow through to bless other people. And uh, so mm. that's what I'm, I'm praying for. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. What's, do you have a big, hairy, audacious goal that you could share? Like when you said big dreams and big vision, I get excited because you're a man of God. And I think when a man of God has big dreams and vision and things that you want to do, and I see just this incredible giftedness that God has given you for his purposes. So what do you, what do you dream about? Like just the craziest thing, Torn, that you're thinking someday I will <laughs> fill in the blank, fill in the blank. Come on. <laughs> oh no, I don't know if I can. Uh, there are so many things. So let me answer your question generally really quick. I want to create the most entertaining spirit-led concert tour that has been in Christian music for the last 30 years. Wow. I want to do that. And there's been amazing, I mean, there have been amazing shows. You know, a lot of them are multi-artist shows like a Winter Jam, things like that, that have high production value and give artists an amazing platform. There are artists like Lauren Daigle and for King and Country that do incredible arena shows. I want to be on that level, but I do feel like what we bring is unique in the entertainment. My whole thing going into this new tour that I'm embarking on this fall, it's the Join the Morning Tour, and it's going to be unapologetically entertaining. I can tell you we're starting the tour in debt. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I want it. I want to bring Bieber level, Bruno level, the weekend level, wherever you would go to see the world's wow. best entertainers. Yes. I, I have a creative director that works with the greatest stars in entertainment because I want it to be unapologetically entertaining and people go, Oh, whoa, 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 now wait a minute, you know, but I also want it to be unapologetically spirit led. Yeah. So there are going to be incredible moments, you know, singing these songs and the production is going to be 
unreal. I'm so excited about it. Uh, the rooms that we're going to be in are ridiculous. <laughs> you know, I'm playing my first headlining arena show in oh, Tampa uh, on October 6th. It's the first show of the tour playing in, you know, New York City and the Orpheum in L.A. and some of these great venues because I want my sons and the next generation of believers to see we can occupy the same spaces as anybody else. Yes. And we can do it with just as much excellence yes, and with integrity. And then on top of that, I want people to experience the presence of God like, like a Friday night camp meeting. Yes. You know, where you feel like at any second, the roof could come off of this place because the presence of God is so tangible and so real. So that's a big dream. I have a big dream for what God's going to do through tours. And then there are other things. And perhaps at a later time, <laughs> we can we can talk about him. But right now, that's the most pressing thing is I want God to do something amazing through this this upcoming tour. Taryn, I, I know I have to let you go, but I want to pray for you. May I? Please, please do. All right. Um, oh, gracious Lord. Thank you, God, for your your calling, for your purpose. Thank you, Lord, that all of the resources that um, we need to accomplish what you've called us to, you're going to provide. And I just pray right now for Torin, um, God, that you would give him courage um, to keep pressing towards those goals and those dreams that you've given him um, for your glory, to make you known, God. I pray for um, his family, for his sons, for their generation to come to know who you are um, with, with nothing hindering them from seeing your majesty and your glory, for them to see that the people of God um, are not the counterfeit, yeah. but the people of God are the ones that are leading the way. Yes. And, and God, would you just trust him with more and more territory as he puts his trust in you solely, Lord, to lead the way? Would you protect him um, from the, the fiery darts, from the distractions? Uh, would you help him to stay focused? Uh, would you help him to be a man of your word consistently, steadfastly, day in, day out, that he would meditate on your word, that your word would just flow out of him. I thank you for the divine appointments that you have for Torin on a, a stage in an arena and for the divine appointments that you have for him, you know, in a, in a parking lot, you know, talking to someone. Yes. I thank you, God, that you are going to be with him through all of it. And um, we just agree, God, that um, you are able to supply more than we ask or imagine um, over all of these things that we want to do for you and that Torin wants to do for you. I pray more than anything that uh, he would grow to love you more and more yes. and that his understanding of who you are would just... Um, just be huge, <laughs> just be yeah. bright, be magnified. Um, Jesus, we, we love you and we love that you have called us to be a part of how you are bringing your kingdom um, on this earth. Bless this man, um, bless this man and um, establish the work of his hands. I pray it in Jesus's mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. He is so special. I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Taryn Wells. Thanks so much for being part of our listening family here at Your Day Brighter. So glad that you are 
here with us. And as always, I want to give some props to some amazing people. Our team, Todd Gaddy, Caroline Burke, Aaron Branham, Jared Akehurst, you guys are the best. Your Day Brighter, the podcast, is produced for Brighter Media Group by me, Tracy Tiernan. Our executive producer is John Lawhon. Now, you know, I've got a little saying around here, and I'm going to throw it out there to you yet again because I think it's important. Tell somebody your story today, or better yet, ask to hear theirs. Thanks for listening.